Let me tell you how it will be We'll all catch up on the books you see Cause it's the X-Men Yeah, it's the X-Men Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 220 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. And we're going to be talking some X-Men, some Ten of Swords X-Men, Ten of Swords creation number one. In particular, the big book, the first part of the 22-part extravaganza. And we'll get to that in a minute after I tell you all about where you can find us. You can find us on the social media or on the Twitter tip. Over there at WS Marvel Comics, where if you follow us, we'll follow you back out of courtesy. Because if you want to know what we're up to, I'd like to know what the hell you're up to as well. You can also go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we have reviews, previews, news, anything that ends with ews. We have it there. You can go and check that out. I also end up doing a recap podcast, a Marvel roundup for the week at the geek ultimate alliance network so if you haven't listened to that you can go check out that bit of podcasting that i do it's a it's a little more of a uh, a quick run through of books not as detailed as we get here but something that i enjoy doing as well and we also have a patreon if you end up going to our website listen to everything on this feed maybe even go to the geek ultimate alliance and listen to that roundup or even listen to the dc stuff that i do with eric over there and you want to support us for everything that we do and get a lot more go over to patreon.com slash weird science where you can support us and get a bunch of things a bunch of podcasts a bunch of things that have a lot of marvel stuff there also a lot of dc some independent comic stuff manga stuff all this sort of things thrown in there i like to try to do an average uh, one or two episodes of podcast a day maybe sometimes i don't get as much one day but i try to make up for that on the back end of things and yeah we end up having a lot of shows and if you do go and check it out and you don't like it, just say, just say you sign up right now and you have a couple of days before October 1st. If you don't like what you hear, you can quit before October 1st. You'll never be charged. But if you wait until October 1st, then you have all of October. As long as you listen through all of October and if you don't like what you hear, you can quit by November 1st, a whole month. 31 days you can go. If you quit November 1st, no fuss, no muss, you'll never be charged. In fact, you could try. I don't think you'll be able to do it, but you can try to listen to every episode of Patreon stuff we've ever done in our existence. And on November 1st, if you don't like what you hear, you can quit and never be charged. So there is that. I am confident enough in what we do that there is value there and that you would want to stay to hear future stuff. As well, and some of the future stuff right here, right now, as Jesus Jones once sang, is that we have an annuals week this coming week on Wednesday, the new comic book day for Marvel. That will be the fifth new comic book day of September. And if the month has five new comic book days, that's an annuals week. 
And that means that week is on the Patreon only. What does that mean? Well, episodes 221 that will be coming out Wednesday night, that will be Patreon only. That's where me and Brandon get together and talk about almost all of the books, that new expanded format. And then also next Sunday, when I do the next X-Men episode, which will be a Ten of Swords deal, which will be X-Factor, I believe, that will be on the Patreon only as well so to listen to those two podcasts you have to sign up and in the meantime you get a lot more with that if you do not want to do that then you just ignore the fact that on the regular feed you'll be missing two numbers there and you won't hear us talk about those books but besides all of that we're here to talk 10 of swords creation number one which i am gonna go and do Right now. All right. And Ten of Swords Creation, number one, is written by Jonathan Hickman and Teeny Howard. Art by Pepe Larraz. Colors by Marty Garcia. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Mutant Kinda has a new home, Krakow, an island where the past is left behind and the future is free of fear. From life-saving medications to the miracle of resurrection, the Krakoan nation represents promise and possibility for its people. But nothing is new, no past completely erased, no future without a dark cloud on its horizon. Memory is long, history is longer, and the truth will outlast both. It's like my clothes as I was growing up. Nothing is new, my mom said. She told me that. We didn't have any money. Well, you end up having this being the big event. We have the dawn of X books all leading into this. In particular, the Excalibur book by Teenie Howard, where that is the other world book. Uh, leading into this, I think that maybe Teenie Howard should have focused a little more. Not focused, because it is a Captain Britain book. So you're going to deal a lot with Avalon. That's the kingdom, the whole deal there. But... I wish that I was under the, you know, knowledge that Otherworld's pretty big and has a lot of other kingdoms. I didn't know that. I am not a learned fella. I can say I'm a dummy. But here's the thing. I end up reading the Dawn of X books. This is my first big foray into the whole X deal. You know, this is my beginning. And so I am expecting to at least be told some information or be given a little guidance from the books of where I should go off and read some more or get me inspired enough and interested enough so I do that on my own. And Teeny Howard in the Excalibur book has not done that at all. There was never a time where I read that Excalibur book and got done and said, oh, I think I'm going to check out more of this because by the time I got done that chore, I just wanted to go to bed. I've not enjoyed that book. And now I... Read this first issue and what that Excalibur book where I was hoping this would show that that Excalibur book was bigger than I thought. It makes me think that it was not even that necessary to get to this. The big issue to get to this was X-Men number 12, which actually opened up things way more than a year's worth of Excalibur did. And that is something that is actually grinding my gears right now because you could have played it out where Teeny Howard filled us in on a little bit of what else was going in Otherworld. You could have had mention of the other kingdoms and that would have broadened my horizons. That would have made things, oh my God, it would have, the picture would have went from real small to, you know, widescreen lens there where I'm like, this is cool. I want to check it out. 
So going into this, the only thing that I knew from the Excalibur book is, you know, Richter, you kind of hanging with Apocalypse. Apocalypse made the external gate. But even until we end up getting to that X-Men 12 last week, I really didn't know fully what he was doing. Now, some of that was just the idea of the storytelling was a twist, a surprise. You didn't really want to know what Apocalypse was really up to because he's Apocalypse. He likes pulling strings and doing his machinations and stuff like that. But I really do think it, it reminds me of raising a kid. I have five boys. You know, they're going off in the world as they get older. And I pretty much failed them. They're they're ending up finding out that I really didn't set them up for the world at large. Well, I think that Teeny Howard, I'm her child here reading the book. And I, I do read like a child. And so after I leave the comfort of the home of Excalibur and say goodbye to my mom, Teeny, bye-bye, mom. I'm heading off to the tennis swords. We'll see how it goes. And I hit that and I'm like, holy crap, I've hit the big city. I'm there like Axl Rose in the Welcome to the Jungle video. I got the hay seat out. I'm there. People are stealing my luggage. Next thing, I don't have pants. I don't know what was going on. And when you go into this, this is a big issue. And I don't just mean importance. This is a big issue. It's like 60-some pages. That spells trouble for a dummy with no attention span. And I am talking about myself here. And so we go in. And the first 20-some pages that would end up making up an issue, that is a start where I was feeling a little left behind at points. This is something that ended up making me very, very discouraged back in the House of X Powers of 10 Days, where I was reading it and saying to myself, yeah, I don't think this is written for me. This seems to be more for Somebody who knows more about the X-Books than me. It's not really something. It's not new user-friendly, all that. Now, I've read every issue of every book in the Dawn of X. So I'm not going to say that it left me completely behind like that. But we're introducing concepts and characters that if you are in the know, they're going to be bigger to you than they were to me when I was reading it. You end up pretty much seeing the first horseman of the apocalypse, of apocalypse there, his children right there front and center. But I didn't know that because I, again, I just started out. This is them showing up here. So when they're uh, there in the other world, pretty much going and attacking Del Delore, the last watchtower in the kingdom of Dryador in the other world. I didn't know what was going on, but it looked great, and I'm reading it. Now, I will say, this is something where I say I didn't know what was going on. You don't have to know what's going on. If you do, it, it probably is bigger for that moment. But we all catch up. We all find out what went on. We all see what's going on by the end. So this is not something like, oh, man, it's out of nowhere, and they never explain things. No, that's not what I'm saying. But in this first 20-some pages, I felt a little off, and I haven't felt like that since, like I said, House of X, Powers of Ten. I've not felt off like that, thinking I'm missing something, but I don't know what that is. All these things going down as we see the kingdom of Dryador get taken down by the first horseman of Apocalypse. Well, you end up having the kingdom of Dryador realize, yeah, we're we're going down. The cursed king of Dryador is like, yeah. I had a bunch of wives that didn't work out. And I'm thinking to myself, 
Yeah, you got divorced three times, buddy. It might be you, right? You might not just be cursed. You just might be an asshole is what you might be. Pardon my French. But he ends up sending off a messenger to warn Lady Saturnine in the Starlight Citadel. Okay, let's get off. Let's tell her that, you know, crap is hitting the fan. There is a bunch. They're here to pretty much take over everything and burn it to the ground as they are heading to Krakoa. Let's warn her. You end up having this messenger as he goes off on a pterodactyl. And really, if you're going to go anywhere, I suggest pterodactyl. And I remember back in the day when people would wear suits when they'd fly their pterodactyls. It was a more civilized time. This guy goes off. He gets shot by an arrow by one of the children there. And he ends up going to Saturnine, pretty much yelling, the tower has fallen. Araco has fallen. Uh, I am bleeding out on your floor. You end up having the priestesses and Ryle for the most part. And if you don't know, Ryle is goldfish face. Ends up saying, don't get near this guy. He has diseases. I, I think it's magic hepatitis, which I call magitis. It's it's one of those How things. You? you don't want to get magitis. I'm telling you. All magitis does have a cost, and that cost is going to the doctor and getting magipenicillin. You don't want that. But you end up where, you know, Saturnine, I need my cards. She's always going to the tarot cards, right? And that's what we get there. And we see also as the, you know, the servants of the Saturnine, they go off to take the power of a sun. This is stuff that we've kind of seen dribs and drabs of before. For all of Saturnine and the Starlight Citadel But she goes to her tarot card She's going to do a reading This is what we got in that new Free comic book day Deal, that issue where you had You know, the card of judgment I, I like it too, where it's almost like Saturnine, she doesn't realize That, you know, we can read Because she's like, judgment Then puts down the card that says Right on the bottom, judgment and Then she's like, ooh Four of Wands, says Big Four of Wands, right? We we know how to read, Saturday, and I know you think you're all high and mighty up there in your Starlight Citadel. Us commoners, we know how to read. The Hangman, Eight of Cups, and each of these, she's giving her opinion of it. Again, we've seen this in the free comic book day. Ten of Swords, the big one, she's like, ah, here it is then, my light in the darkness, something I have long desired flickers just out of my reach, but for the ones who hold the blades... A great match lights the darkness indeed. And it's funny that it says a match because we're going to end up having kind of a battle. We're going to end up having kind of a gladiatorial battle, a match between the horsemen and the mutants. But we'll get to that in a while. But, yeah, you end up having the big deal, though. And I'm telling you, I think that tarot card readings are a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Really? And they're like when hangman, whatever, we're not we're not doing this. It, my wife likes this sort of thing. There's a lady in our town of Quakertown who sits there and you go in. She's she even got some magic ball. Like, what do you see in that magic ball, lady? You know, the fairest of the land, because here I am. I'm right here. Mirror, mirror on the wall. You know. Who's the ugliest of them all? That's what they tell me. But I don't believe it. My mom said that I was a handsome boy. But you find out that also the mutant tarot, same cards. And this is going on all over the place. Everybody is drawing the same cards in the same order, ending up in the Ten of Swords. This is big. 
you end up seeing tarot's readings and it's the same cards obviously but at the end it's through her kind of deal and she says whomever this reading is meant for i hope it reaches them things seem very serious and it seems like it is meant for apocalypse at least now and then also everyone as well including saturnine who this stuff all is just you know pieces on the puzzle for her now all of this goes on and this is where i said we have that beginning that's almost the length of a regular issue once we get past that i start to really enjoy this issue I get past that feeling of, oh, I'm a little off balance here and start really enjoying it because what happened with Summoner? What happened with Summoner, Banshee, and Eunice, who in X-Men number 12, Apocalypse sent through that freaking external gate and said, you go find out what happened to Oracle. You come back telling me that we're all good to go or that, you know, it's bad, but we're going to have to do something about it. Well, Summoner does return on a Cthulhu monster that's just hideous and yells, everybody help me, Banshee, he's dying. And we see him, where's Eunice? Banshee's just destroyed. They take Banshee to healer, and this is where the story really kicks in, because Apocalypse says to Sumner, what the heck happened? Well, well, Grandpa, let me tell you. And it's so big a story that we don't even get to see it yet, because they're going to go talk to the Quiet Council. It's so big. Well, while that's going on, and Banshee is being healed in the healing gardens by healer, you end up having Rachel, Prestige, and Nathan, Kid Cable, go and wonder what happened. And whether or not this is something that Sumner had counted on and is trying to, you know, kind of cause some pro- but. You know, you end up with mutants that they have and can and will and always they can read minds. So Banshee being alive seems like an odd play to me. Seems like you, if you were Summoner, if you were the Horseman of Apocalypse, you can just get just get rid of them. Don't bring them back to Krakoa where his mind can be read or even if he dies, he can be resurrected. But that's what they did. And so you end up. With Rachel and Nathan They're scanning Banshee's brain As this thing And the the pacing's really good As they're scanning his brain You end up having Apocalypse Who's going off to the Quiet Council with Sumner Pleading with all them that War is at hand, we all have to go through This external gate that I built We have to go into the other world We have to defend all this, we have to save All the stuff going on Well, you find out through Rachel and Nathan that this is all a setup. Uh, Sumner, I was right. He's a creep. He's a creep. Oh, freakazoid. He only comes out at night. You know, all that stuff going on. He's bad. And he ends up setting him up with, you know, the horsemen, all of these, you know, progeny of apocalypse who are pretty pissed. It seems at him for ditching them is what I think went on, but they have even teamed up. With the whole deal They have teamed up with the enemy The Twilight Sword that ended up Cleaving and destroying all of Arako and you know Setting Krakoa and Arako Apart all this stuff that was set up You know they're on the bad side Of all this where Apocalypse Is just trying to get everybody And thinks he's going to save them Because he thinks that his sons Grandsons, daughters, all these things Are on the good side And want to bring back Arako and 
get it together with Krakoa again, not go through the other world, destroy everything, and then destroy Krakoa. And that's what they really are about. This is what we find out. And Rachel and Nathan then dig a little deeper. It's almost like it's mental hacking that they're doing here. They're going down the other level. That They are pretty much like the net, right? But Sandra Bullock, perfect. But you end up where they end up contacting Saturnine, who, again, she's playing a game. She's not really going to get mad at a bunch of people. Like, she's setting up pieces herself for what she wants, and she ends up showing Nathan and Rachel a vision of something that they will need to get to help out win this war, all these things going on. Well, this vision is something that Nathan thinks that Scott, Gene, his parents, that they would be able to figure out. So he goes off to see them as Rachel says, I'm going to keep scanning. I'm going to go deeper level like Sandra Bullock in the net. Well, in the meantime, the best scene of this whole book is Apocalypse going to the Quiet Council and saying to them, war is at hand. We got to go. Listen to my grandson. He's Summoner. He was there. Banshee got hurt. They have captured Eunice. We need to go through the gate that we made. And and save the day Well Magneto says who's the we We didn't make this gate We don't want you having this gate And in fact everybody wants to shut it down Let's destroy it Let's get rid of it This gate is nonsense This is your thing Apocalypse You didn't even ask us about it Apocalypse says really Everybody's making gates Everywhere I mean you, you can't trip over somebody Without fa- finding a gate And because I do it you're mad Well the big thing though is they have a vote. Everybody's against Apocalypse, but one person, not person, one island. Krakoa likes everything that's going on with Apocalypse because Apocalypse says, Krakoa wants the same thing I do. Wants to get a Rakko and combine it back and make it whole with Krakoa, the whole deal. And yeah, so you end up having a bad ass moment with Krakoa where the island pretty much tells Xavier and the rest of them, you shut your mouth. Like, you think that you guys get to vote? You think that you're in... I'm Krakoa. Uh, You're here because of me. And at one point, you can disappear. I'm still here. I'm Krakoa. So stop your nods. This gate stays. And no matter what, it's now... It stays. It has to... But you end up having Magneto, like, he's one of those guys. He has to get the last word, especially when it's him against Apocalypse. He can't just say, oh, well, you're right, Apocalypse. Krakoa's on your side. So... As they're going to go and go through the gate to fight, yeah, Magneto, like, yeah, you're not going to take people. We're not going to make people go with you, and we're not going to sanction this. In our minds, this is not happening, so don't even talk to us about it. And then Apocalypse says, okay, well, I'm going to have to go and get volunteers then. Now, Magneto sits there, and he's there, you know, talking his crap. Hey there, Apocalypse, we have nothing to do with this. I don't even want to know what you're doing. I mean, you're ridiculous. And then must walk right off and get his daughter Polaris and say, yeah, you're going with him. <laughs> you're you're going to volunteer because I want you to keep an eye on him. And that's the same thing where Scott and Gene must say, hey, uh, Alex, hey, Havoc, uh, you're going to go with Apocalypse because we want you to keep an eye on him. And you're starting to see the real divisions between former enemies you know, houses here, all these things going while they're going to go. And there's more people who volunteer as well. But everyone seems to like, yeah, they have their own things that they end up wanting. Richter is going to go because he's chummy 
with Apocalypse now. I mean, Apocalypse told him story time about all them things with the, you know, the immortals and the high lords, all that stuff going on, the extent. And then also you end up having Rockslide. He's gone because he played games with that freak of Zoid Sumner. But yeah, they're friends now, so they're going to go. You end up having Sirens going to go. You also have Archangel Beast. And then you have Monet. At one point, she said, nobody can figure out why she wants to go. And she's like, yeah, I feel like going because sometimes, you know, this might become my job or something. So I, I want to go. I want to experience the other world. I've never been. I hear it's great. I hear it's a great place to visit, but not a great place to live. But we're going to go through here. And this is where you end up getting the map of other world. And all of a sudden, I'm like, holy crap, that's big. I had no idea that there was all these kingdoms, all these things going. Also, I'm not what they call a strong cartographer. Uh, I'm like Buster in Arrested Development. I think the blue means land, but in this, there there really isn't color. But I just look at this in my mind, just, I don't know what's going on. I start thinking that I'm still looking at the, the Summer's house on the moon where you end up having Wolverine and Cyclops on either side of Jean Grey in what it can only be a menage a trois situation. So I end up freaking out when I see it. But you end up having all this going on for this team to go through the external gate into the other world, pretty much into the mouth of a huge trap where Apocalypse goes in and sees his children. And while he's going through, Archangel's like, you have no shame in your game, Apocalypse. You're always talking crap. I mean, you have Apocalypse says. He walks up to Archangel and has the nerve to say, I like the look there of Archangel. That's pretty kick-ass. I mean, where'd you get that? Oh, yeah, it was me. I remember. That's my look I get. And he's like, y- you really are a jerk. Like, do you regret anything that you say or do? And he ends up seeing the horseman's like, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I kind of do regret some things and goes up to them and actually legitimately in a, in a feels moment seems very upset, feels very sorry to leave them behind what they had gone through and what ended up they had to fight to get to where they are now. But still, Apocalypse thinks that they're there to join up with them. We're going to take back Araka. We're going to do all this stuff. Now, they're there to slice and dice and they pretty much run through Apocalypse and you end up having the mutants freak out. I mean, Apocalypse is going to die here. They have to get him through the external gate back to Krakoa while all hell breaks loose. And you have this going on where you have Havoc, Polaris, and Monet. They're like, you all, you go. We'll keep this whole gate. We'll keep them from coming through. You go get, you know, back up. You help Apocalypse, all this. Well, while that's going on, you do have that deal where, Nathan has gone to the moon to talk to his parents and shows him this vision. And do you know what this is? Gene doesn't, but Scott does. Scott says right away, yeah, I know where that is and I know where to go. They end up going up into space. They use a transporter to go up into space. And again, this is something that would be bigger for people with more knowledge than me, but I still can tell it's pretty darn big because they end up in the sword orbital station. Now, obviously, Ten of Swords, now they're in the Sword Orbital Station. You got the wordplay going up there, but it is the peak, it's called. And you end up where the Vision was, the Singularity engine that ends up, you know, it's down right now. Backup energy going. Again, I don't even know really the significance of, uh, well, it's down right now. We have to get it up and running, but we need an external power source. 
you know, to kickstart its heart like Motley Crue would do. And you end up having cable. Well, I do have this, you know, sword of Galador that I got from those space knights. You think that would do? It's kind of glowing. Yeah, yeah. Give it a try. Just put it in. Does it does kickstart its heart and the sword orbital station comes on, powers up. Well, while this is all going down, everything's going on at the same time. Everything's happening where you end up having Saturnine while all this war is going on. She's kind of just watching. She really doesn't care that much. It seems about the particulars, who's dying, who's getting hurt. She's just sitting there. All of these, she says, they're all pawns. It's not a war. They're all pawns. This is a chess game. But at a point even where Monet tries to, you know, talk to her psychically and throw shade at her. You're you're using this war as a spectator sport. You're nonsense. You know, Saturnine's like, get out of here. You know, get out of here in my mind. And then you end up even having Polaris, almost like a Darth Vader, trying to bring down the Starlight Citadel because Havoc reminds her, hey, it's kind of made of metal. All right, I'll do that. Starts bringing it down. People are freaking out. And finally, Saturnine does say, okay. I got to get involved. This is kind of my whole deal. The other world, it's it's all me. I rule. You drool. Goes down and does a big timeout. Zach Morris timeout. Saved by the bell. Everybody freezes. And you end up where her and Ryle, Goldfish Face, says, yeah, we got to figure this out. And by the way, you know, these horsemen, they're they're pretty badass. I mean, they came here. They saw, they conquered, they did all that, and with that, they actually are the rulers of Dryador. They defeated it, so they can end up calling out a blood feud. They can demand, you know, combat by blood, this whole deal. Do you want to fight for, you know, what you want and all that? You get a glad, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And then they end up turning to the mutants. Hey, you you guys want to fight? You you want to go and have this blood deal going on with the the swords and all? yeah, I guess. And I, I wondered. It seemed weird. I don't know if anybody else thought of it, but it seemed weird where she like turns and pretty much asked, you know, Polaris, Havoc. You know, you got. I I think that if it was me, I'd be like, well, we, we kind of have to find out about this. You know, we're not exactly the be all end all of. Okay, we're going to fight for our existence here. You might want the bigger mutants, you know. Maybe I should go get Charles. But they're like, yeah, I guess we don't have any other deal. And yeah, we'll fight. And so it's all set up. And it all involves the the Ten of Swords, this big fight that's going to happen. They get the chance in three days, go off, find the swords, find these deal, come back. And then you'll fight with everything going on. But as that's going on as well, that's when the whole sword orbital station kicks in and they power that up. So you end up and again, it's it's hard to talk about a book that's this long, number one. And also you are jumping back and forth and in and out and all these things. So I hope that I kind of was able to go through it without confusing you. As much as I confused myself this past 20-some minutes. But with that, after we get past that beginning, when we get the, you know, the beginning set up, and I, I will tell you, too, I think that one of the things that gets me where I do feel off balance sometimes is that, and it's something that people praise Jonathan Hickman for especially, he will not hold your hand. 
So just just think back to, say, Al Ewing and Dan Slott Empire, the last event we just had, where in issues after issues, you would have somebody say, well, those Kotati, they took over that. They tricked us on the moon. And then, oh, my God. And then they ended up we thought Hulkling was bad. And then, you know, you, you always had this recap all the time. It would take up pages each issue. Jonathan Hickman does not do that. And in my mind, he knows, and I will say to everybody listening as well, if you're not reading the X-Men books and want to know, hey, Jim, can I just read this without reading any of that? You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle a lot. If you have read all the books, you still might struggle because the idea where Jonathan Hickman, he is going to go forward with the idea that you should have read everything before this and understood it completely and go with that. He does have a little teeny bit of read, but not much. This is pretty much boom. There's not filler, though that beginning section, like I said, it threw me off a bit, but that it wasn't filler. It was showing you some big things. It just, I didn't know they were big until a little later. But once you get into it, once you get the tarot cards out of the way, because, again, I, I just want to stress how much nonsense that mumbo jumbo is. I, you you want to know why I'm mad at that? I Full disclosure, that's crap that my mom goes with. At one point, my, my mom went to this freaking, you know, fortune teller and, and was so impressed because this lady. Now, we live outside of Philadelphia, right? We're not near the ocean. You know, there there are some lakes and stuff, but this lady lives in the same town we do. She knows the lay of the land. She says to my mom, oh, uh, yeah, you live near a body of water, don't you? Well, the thing is, we don't. I don't. The, the biggest thing of water that as I was growing up where we live was probably the water in the sewer. There was no, no, no. My mom thought this lady and would never say this lady was anything but brilliant and knew everything because we had a pool. I said, Mom, that's not a body of water. That's a pool. No, she knew. She knew we lived near a pool. It was a, no, that's not a, I said, you're just dumb. And I'm still angry. So these tarot cards, and then she, she did a tarot reading. And I'm like, no, Mom, it's tarot. I was a dummy. But then, and she said, that I had, I'm like, this is nonsense. And it's all just ambiguous mumbo jumbo. I mean, really, it's the same thing. That's why I think when I'm reading like a Tom King over at DC, it's like a tarot card reading. It's all ambiguous nonsense, but that's for another day. But once we get past that, once we get past my extreme anger at my mom's stupidity, you do get into some pretty good things. When you have Apocalypse and the Quiet Council going back and forth about this gate, some of the better stuff that we've had in these X-Books in a while, and I'm about to cough, but I really enjoyed it from there. I liked the twist. I knew Sumner was up to no good. He's a freak. So you have that. So overall, the ending with the whole sword station coming online you know, it does set up the sword book that Al Ewing will be writing in December. It also ties into the future that Hulkling saw and we saw at the end of the Empire Avengers Aftermath issue. But in the here and now, I don't think that that to me 
was the greatest of cliffhangers. I know that this is a long issue, but really, you want to have a kick-ass cliffhanger, you have Apocalypse get run through right there. Or you have them back on Krakow where they're like, Apocalypse is dead, and there's some crazy... He's got the Magititis now, and we can't resurrect anybody with the Magititis because we're out of Magic Penicillin. But you didn't have that. You ended up having the sword deal. But this all seems, again, because it was led there by Saturnine, who then is setting up. She, she wants herself some swords, I believe. She wants some nonsense. And everybody has their own little thing that they're after. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool by the end. I saw mixed reviews for this. I, I saw some tens. I saw some sixes. I'm in the middle. I actually, I I want to give it between a 7.5 and an 8 but i don't know maths and that's hard so i'm gonna be positive and just go eight and another half i do but i'm not gonna give it the half i can go where when we first started our dc site uh i drove eric nuts at one point because i accidentally gave and i believe it was like some old issue of suicide squad back in the new 52 days i think i gave it a 7.75 and it seemed right to me. It seemed like the and uh, he fl- like we don't do that. We only go the one decimal place. So he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" I'm like, "I really don't know. I don't know why that seemed the right deal." Though I still will stand by that score. But I'm gonna go eight out of ten. I thought the art was great. There are big wow moments here. A bunch of them. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. But at this point, eh, you're gonna have a bunch of fights. You can have that, and that seems smaller than what I thought we would get from this, so I'm expecting more from that than what meets the eye, kind of like a Transformer, speaking of Eric. But I'm going to go now. I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that maybe, I don't know if I enlightened anybody, you know, maybe about my mom and the tarot card reading. That's something. But I will mention again, we have... A Twitter account that's WS Marvel Comics, the WS Stars for Weird Science. It's it's stars for it. I'm I'm having problems here. It's getting late. I ended up having to go through this like 17 times. I kept messing up. But you end up going there. You follow us on Twitter. We'll follow you back. We have a website, Weird Science Comics. Weird Science Marvel Comics.com. I'm gonna get through this, I promise. Weird Science Marvel Comics.com. That's the site. Reviews, news. Previews, ews. We also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science. When the money's involved, now, now I get it clear and concise, right? You can go and get a bunch of shows. If you enjoy this, you get a bunch of other podcasts. And as I said at the beginning, spell it out. The next two episodes, the episodes for this coming week, as we go from September into October, the next two, episode 221 and 222, one being the regular Wednesday show, the other being the next X-Men show. They will be Patreon only. If you want to listen to them, you go and sign up. Any level gets it as low as the dollar level. But if you don't like what you hear afterwards or whatnot, you can quit and never be charged. But I hope that you like things and want to help support us for everything we do so I can get my family off my damn back. Always yelling at me about recording at crazy hours. So you can do that and help us all out. But thanks, everybody. I hope you like this. I hope that everybody's excited for this Ten of Swords deal as we go forward, hopefully, because we're getting a bunch of issues. So we'll see how it is, and I'll talk to you soon.